Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, hey, I want you to know that I myself am a food blogger, so I understand the need to find those connections and find the answers and create transformations in my business that are actually going to matter and help me grow and make more money and get more traffic and all of those good things. If you are interested in this too, the new eBlog Talk Mastermind Groups might be a great fit for you. Go to eBlogTalk.com to find the application that you can fill out for consideration. As Napoleon Hill, the author of Think and Grow Rich says about the mastermind principle, two or more people actively engaged in the pursuit of a definite purpose with a positive mental attitude constitute an unbeatable force. Unbeatable force. I love that. And you can't argue with that. Inside the eBlog Talk Mastermind Groups, weekly Zoom calls will have the format of peer-to-peer learning with members taking turns being in the hot seat. Once a month, guest experts join us and they will unleash their knowledge about very specific topics relating to food blogging and being a small business owner and relating to ways that you can grow your business. We convene every week, we share our struggles, our wins, and we can shine and lift each other up and provide resources and input that will help the other members in the group to grow their businesses and grow as individuals as well. Again, go to eblogtalk.com to fill out an application for consideration. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to another episode of eBlog Talk. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited. I have Lynn and Matt April with me from freshaprilflowers.com. And we're going to talk about work-life balance when you own a business alongside your partner or spouse. Lynn is a classically trained biologist who left the lab bench to turn her side job of food blogging into a full-time career. And Matt is also a business owner, a small business owner, owning a private gym from the same year um, Lynn began her blog. Together, they now own and operate the gym together and their blog remains their personal number one source of income. Guys, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm so excited to have this chat. But before we get started, do you guys have a fun fact to share? Oh, God. Um, Okay, well, so... I, fun fact, fun fact about Lynn, I am a personal trainer, which might surprise you because I'm also a dessert blogger. Um, and people always ask if like, which came first, the, the blogger or the, or the trainer? Truthfully, I was a blogger first, a dessert blogger first. And no, I did not become a personal trainer uh, to help people with that. Um, that's a whole topic for another day that balance is important. And I totally am a personal trainer who thinks that treats are great. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, I'm a personal trainer and I work uh, at our gym that I own with Matt. So just proof that you, that you are all about balance, right? Because you couldn't do that without balance. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's awesome. Matt, do you have something to share? Sure. So uh, I think in the other side of it is that people think of me as this, uh, ultra athletic person who doesn't eat anything bad for him. And that is the by far the absolute opposite of me. I am someone who will tell you, and I'm honest about it, I will eat 
everything and anything that Lynn makes. Um, some exceptions now with my own dietary restrictions, but I, everything from I have the biggest sweet tooth in the world. So even though I'm always in fitness and always trying to make sure that I'm maintaining a, a lean body, um, it's more just I love sweets and I love treats. And it happens to be that my wife is an amazing uh, baker who also provides those. So for years, I would be the one who would eat them and test them before anyone else could. And they'd be like, wow, you have that in your house. Like, yeah, I ate all of it, I know. (laughs) That's great. So what's your favorite thing that Lynn makes, Matt? Oh man, that's tough. Well, I'm a huge sucker for like banana bread and Lynn makes this bomb.com banana bread. It's just so good. There's a streusel that she put on top of it this one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It I was so good. The, car- uh, the, the salted caramel banana bread. Is that the oh, one yeah, you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, my goodness. You guys are making me hungry. <laughs> I love the way you talk about it. You're just like very clearly in love with sweets. So I love that. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I know that you guys working together, the story is going to just shed light on balance. And I'm so grateful that you're here today. Um, I would love to hear your stories about how you guys got started. I know you have a handful of different businesses going on. Can you guys just share how you individually and then together got started with your businesses? Sure. Uh, So I I think I'll start off this. So um, taking it all the way back to, let's see, 2012, 13, um, I was going through this uh, struggle of trying to find myself and I knew I wanted to start a business. And so I started doing personal development, started working on um, listening to blogs and listening to pod- reading blogs and listening to podcasts. I didn't read too much. I was more, I, that's, that's a lie. I was listening to a lot of, of books and podcasts. But in that time, I was understanding uh, business development and growth and, and just trying to suck in as much information as possible. And at that time, Lynn was already a, a self-taught uh, little baker and she, I'll let her go into her story about it, but in those years of me trying to develop and understand and get a better idea of what a business could be for me before I even had a business, uh, Lynn was already kind of doing her own business and it was really exciting for me, but also at the same time, like I was envious because I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted that and she had already done it so naturally. And, um, and that's just kind of what kicked off the journey for our entrepreneur entrepreneurship I guess we'd say entrepreneurial journey and is it started in that time and it's, it grew. And with Lynn's support, I was able to take this little hobby of being a personal trainer. And, uh, I was a, I was a nanny for a little while. So for four years of my life, I was a nanny or a manny. And, uh, but in that time I would work all day and then I would work my part-time job as a trainer. And then I would come home and work on building my business. And, and then that just kind of compounded, and over the years, I'd pick up more clients and more members, and it would develop into now what it is now with with over 100 adults training at our facility, working with us, as well as athletes anywhere from 8 to 18 years old. Um, so we're in a team of people who have, are amazing. We have uh, four trainers who work for us, and um, yeah, so it's, it's grown to an amazing, I couldn't have even imagined it what it is now. And, uh, but I'll let Lynn hop in here and, and tie her story into that, what that was. Um, so I, I think you mentioned in my, bo- in my, uh, biography, I graduated from college in 2008 with a biology degree, got a job right out of college working in a, in an immunology lab. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I will never say that I didn't love it. It was wonderful. Um, and in like late 2010, so probably like a year and a half to two years later, 
Um, Matt was still in school. I'm three years older than him. So I spent those three years waiting for him to graduate college, kind of like being a loner a little bit. (laughs) And I needed a hobby. And I was like, you know, Matt's got homework. He's got tests. He also has his own friends. So I took a Wilton cake decorating class at my local, it was either AC Moore or Michael's, one of those craft stores, um, just to kind of like find something to do. And I fell in love with it. Um, I, I actually took a boxed cake to that, uh, to that class. I think I made my frosting from scratch. Um, but I didn't know what to expect. I was just kind of hoping I would find something fun to do. Um, and it just, I don't know, it sort of went from there. I built this custom cake and cake, cake and cup I built this custom cake and cupcake decorating business. And people were asking me to make cakes for baby showers, parties, weddings, all kinds of celebrations. And I was also working this full-time job and, you know, coming home at night, not sitting down until like nine or 10 at night, making people cakes for the weekends, for work, for weekdays. I got so busy. Um, and that was so exciting. This place. I was like, oh my God, like people are paying you money to do this thing that you're enjoying. Like that is so cool. Like let's start branding it. And you came up with a name and we started a t-shirt line mm-hmm. and we had like, we had friends and family like make us crafts and things that we could sell and keep. And we still have some of those things. We do. Yeah. And it was, it was getting, it was getting to be too much to handle. Um, and I actually took a little bit of a break when we were, it was a couple months before our wedding. I took a little break um, because I was like, I can't decorate cakes while planning this wedding. Um, and during that break, I kind of realized that I, I didn't really love making cakes for people anymore. It was, it was really rewarding as, as it was happening, but I was kind of at this place where Matt was like, you can hire people. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I want to, I don't, I don't know if that's my dream. Um, you know, I love my job. I love being an employee. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that's me. So we kind of like hemmed and hauled over it for a little while. And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just start like a blog because as soon as I told people I was going to stop making cakes, they were like, but we want your recipes. And I was like, okay, okay, here, I can put them on the internet and you can find them here. And, um, you know, it's the rest is history, as they say. So I started my blog in 2014, a couple months after Matt kind of started his, his little personal training, personal training journey. Um, and I worked on that on the side until October, 2019, when I, called it quits on my full-time job. And that conversation sort of started in the summertime of 2019, where I kind of was like, we have two kids at this point that are, that were one and three at that time. And I was doing my blogging in, on the, in the evenings, on the weekends. And I was sacrificing time with my family to keep this blog going that I loved, but I also had this full-time job that gave us our benefits and, you know, was a large chunk of our income that it was kind of like something needs to give. And it it can't be the kids. It can't be our marriage. Um, you know, it can't be my sleep. I still need to sleep to function. So it was like, what would life look like if I just quit my job and we put it down on paper and that's kind of where you need to start. And then you just kind of need to make that jump. So I put in my I gave them seven weeks, seven or eight weeks of notice. Um, and then in October, 2019, I quit and, um, it's been a crazy journey since then, as you can imagine going into the spring of 2020 was, Oh boy. (laughs) 
bananas. Um, but that's where we are now. Um, and yeah, that's how we got started. What a great story. So now your blog, Lynn, do you operate that by yourself or does Matt help at all? Um, it's so- all her. I'm, I'm going to strip. It's all her. I'm the behind the scenes. I'm the one who will help like wash, the wash dishes. dishes, which is super helpful. Hey, that is helpful. You're contributing kids and make sure we have a, the sitter on, on hand and, um, and like to help out with the little things behind the scenes that, that go into making what she does. And I will not take any credit for that because all the credit is due to her. And, um, but, but the push to do the things that she's been doing, I will take credit for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would have not, (laughs) I would have done probably none of these things. Um, if it wasn't for Matt, um, he is definitely my biggest cheerleader. And I think that's really important, um, to note that I won't say we have a perfect marriage, but we work really hard to be a team. And even our kids say it all the time. Teamwork makes the dream work. Like it's true. And you have to have somebody who supports you and does the little things like, Oh my gosh, I just finished this photo shoot. Like I do not want to make, I do not want to do these dishes. And Matt's got his own stuff that he needs to do. But if I look at these dishes more, like I'm just, I'm going to hate them. So can you please do this? And just like he said, even just coordinating the kids, if I need, you know, if I need to concentrate, if I want to quiet, if I want it quiet while I'm doing my photo shoot, if I want to take a video, um, you know, and our babysitter isn't around, then Matt's got to coordinate that. And um, so the little things, the little things that make life easier for me to do what I need to do is huge for sure. I, so my husband is not in my business at all. He has a corporate job, but I always say that he is kind of in my business because he does those things. He's like emotional support for me. Mm-hmm. He, he helps me to protect my time a lot. Like if I, so our boys are older than your kids. They're um, 11 and 14, but still there are times when I just need that quiet time. Like I need the door shut. I need someone. I need to know that somebody else is watching them. And he protects that time for me when I need it. And so he really is a part of my business. And he would say, no, I'm not. (laughs) You know, kind of what Matt's saying, like, I don't take any credit. But you guys are important. That like whole background support is huge. So thank you, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I love you guys sound like such a great team. I love this. I love this chat. And as you guys know, like you can work like nonstop having just one business that you do, you know, like self-employed business, but having two, oh my gosh, how does that work? What kind of boundaries do you guys have to set? And I would love to talk through just some ways that you personally balance your businesses and your lives so that you do have time for your kids and you have time to sleep and eat and spend time with each other. Do you guys just want to talk through some of that? Yeah. So I think that one of the most helpful things that I asked Matt to do, and he might not even remember this, um, when we sort of started working in the same space together, you know, I was home a lot um, because, you know, food blogging happens at home. Um, Matt is such an idea person. He always has ideas. If you need an idea for something like Matt's your dude, Mm -hmm. he is, he's great. And he works in all different kinds of, of, um, you know, spaces. Uh, I've, I've heard him come up with some really great ideas for people in very different businesses than us. Um, but I think Matt spent, um, I'm sorry, Matt used to do a lot of, you should do this. You should do this. You should do that. And I needed to communicate with him 
that I was going to respond much better if he said, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Um, because Matt is big on like, he has an idea, he implements it, it gets done. And I'm a thinker. I need to like, well, what about this? And what about this? And we have this sort of um, standing agreement that we do yes and conversations. So someone presents an idea to you or, you know, whether it's about the business or it's about the kids, your response is yes and. So when someone says you should do this, you should do this, you're automatically on the defensive. You're automatically like, no, I don't want to do that. Or I've thought about that, but I don't want to do it. So when Matt presents these ideas to me, that is, you have you thought about this? It's much easier for me to say yes. And I decided that I don't want to make a coconut cookie with blueberries in it. Like, you know, it's, it's not, it's a little less defensive and it really leads to some really good conversations. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I think has really helped us. If, and I don't even know if you remember that, but that was huge. That was huge in like leading our conversations um, with discussing both businesses with my blog and the gym. Um, and I do the same for him. Like, have you thought about this? Have you looked into this? And it's much better than a suggestion of you should. So that's one. I think that that's really helpful for us. I just want to comment on that. I think that's so brilliant. And it's such a little thing, right? It's two words. Mm-hmm. Yes. And can replace no, but mm-hmm. because especially when it's our businesses, like this is something that I started and it's something that you started, Lynn. So to have another like outside perspective come in and say, my husband does this, does this all the time too. He'll be like, why don't you do this? I'm like, well, because, and I get super defensive, like, well, because this is why and you know it like automatically put your walls up but to reframe it and just step back and be like okay wait he's trying to help so just replacing those words I'm gonna start doing that so thank you both of you (laughs) actually I think that's how I wound up a personal trainer (laughs) it was never like Matt was never it was never a pressure like you should come work with us like this I want you to work with me it was I don't think he ever expected me to come on to the team as, um, you know, a trainer and not just a co-owner slash supportive wife. Um, and it may, that was probably one of those conversations where he was like, have you ever thought about becoming a personal trainer or have you ever thought about, you know, starting a program? Um, and, and I did, I, last summer during the height of COVID, he was like, yeah, have, have we thought about, have you thought about adding a program to our to our, uh, you know, our, our gym. And so now I, I'm coming up on almost a year of having our pre and postnatal program here at the gym, which is a, um, a certification, a certification that I got aside from my personal trainer certification that, um, it did, it opened up a whole new facet of our, of our gym. Um, and I, we serve a whole different population. Um, and it, it's just really cool that if I hadn't quit my job, if I hadn't, built the blog to a point where it would allow me to leave my job. I, I don't know that the gym would be where it is. Um, not that my program is like this gigantic program, but it has, it just has allowed us to open up lots of possibilities with our other businesses because I was able to leave that job and be more accessible to Matt. Because you made the space for it. Right. Exactly. That's so cool. What a great story. So what are some other ways that you guys have been able to balance? Like maybe we could talk about like family and kids. Are there any other things that come to mind? 
Yeah, I'll take this one. So um, I don't think this was shared yet, but the journey of of the gym and the blog happened to be that I chose to be a stay-at-home dad in the first couple years of, of our kids' lives. So our oldest, Joey, I was with him all the way until and past until uh, our younger one, when Johnny was born. So uh, more than two years, almost probably closer to three years is when I, like, I was a full-time stay-at-home dad. And a lot of people got that confused. And I, and I always want to say this publicly. Like, if you see a dad in public, don't ask them, where's mom? Don't say, oh, dad, you're on dad duty today, or oh, oh, you're on babysitter duty today, whatever mm-hmm. it is. That, those comments like that just boiled my, like, my skin. I wanted to punch <laughs> somebody in the butt. Because it was just so much, because I, I, was, I was the number one. I was, I was the stay-at-home parent. And that is a full-time job in itself. And trying to have a growing business as a, the gym and have the growing business, the blog and having a wife who's fully supported, but not around because she was working eight hours plus the one hour commute, <clears throat> excuse me there. And then one hour commute back. Like that was 10 hours of the day that you were gone. So I was the, I was that person. I was there all the time. So, uh, but one of the big things for me is I, I love that. I loved it. And I say this Lynn all the time, like my dream is to be able to spend my all my time with my family and of course i love what i do i love being a coach and being able to help people change their lives with fitness but i love spending time with my kids so one of the things that was big for us was as we've continued to grow our businesses is that we have the right people in place as part of our team so that i know that i can come home like last night real randomly i was i finished all my consultations i had recorded my own podcast I, we t- I took down everything I needed to get done for the day. And instead of staying and doing more work, I texted Lynn and said, hey, want to have a dinner date tonight? And I could not have said yes quick enough. <laughs> it was so fast. And so we ordered dinner on DoorDash. We had it delivered. And I came home and I was able to help with all of bath. You were able to get your shower done. So it was, it was take wonderful. Time. Yeah. I was able to do bath time <laughs> and then help with bedtime because that's for any parent, you know that if even with one kid, but I'm sure with multiple kids, bath time and bedtime are always a quite the experience. Uh, yes. And Lynn does it all the time when I'm not able to be there. So the fact that I've been able to do that, I couldn't do that without an amazing team. So part of how we work so well together is having a great team in place. And so we have uh, we have coaches here who are on staff. We have our uh, nanny slash babysitter. We have um, our assistants and we have uh, even staff members who help keep the gym and tip top clean shape for everyone to be able to know that not only is it clean to the eye, but it's also clean for every other reason it needs to be clean. So we have all these wonderful, amazing people who are part of our team. And we always say teamwork makes the dream work. We couldn't have done everything we've done without our team. We couldn't have done and continue to do what we do without the right without the right people around us and surrounding ourselves with those people and trusting those people. But going back to your question with having time with family, it's that. It was understanding that um, that there has to be this non-negotiable. So it used to be that Sundays were my non-negotiable. Um, that we tried, we tried, we tried to make that so I would only work Monday through Saturday and have Sunday. But it turns out that most people don't realize that that would be the case. So uh, most people are texting me and calling me and emailing me and reaching out on Sundays when they're when they're when they're not at work. So uh, we're still trying to find that non-negotiable time, um, but or a day rather. But for right now, the non-negotiable is 8 p.m. From 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., I don't I don't take on work I, unless it's like something that's absolutely urgent. 
we try to make it so that 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. is is family time. It's our time. It's my time. And so I get to spend time with Lynn watching our favorite shows or movie and spend time for me doing my my daily stretches and whatever needs to be done. But yeah, having that time, I think it's important for anyone who's listening is you have to find the non-negotiable time. You have to set up a non-negotiable. And that just means that no matter what comes up, no matter what it is, it's non-negotiable. You have to have that time for yourself. And it doesn't have to be seven days a week, but it needs to be consistent so that you can continue to move forward with whatever you're doing, whether it's work, whether it's building your business, a side hustle, uh, multiple businesses, whatever it is. You have to set aside that time for yourself to take care of yourself. Boundaries, right? Just set those boundaries. And I always say this to my husband, like you have to decide. You can't just set a boundary and be loosey-goosey and like, oh, maybe it'll work Monday, Thursday, and Friday. But you have to, like you guys, it sounds like you've done this very thing, eight to eight. That is your boundary and you've made the decision. You stick to it no matter what. And you cherish and prioritize that time. And it's time for you to reset and connect. And oh my gosh, I think... If everyone did this, everyone would live like happier lives, don't you think? Like there are so many people who go through life um like not having those boundaries and maybe their kids go to bed at midnight and then they don't have time for themselves and they don't get up and have time to work out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that is key especially if you are running two businesses like you guys. Yeah, I think it's also just a little note, a personal note. Maybe we'll have it later time for uh for telling talking about it, but we have so Lynn's blog. So we have fresh April flowers. Uh, Lynn has had for the past what, two years now, mm-hmm. um, the fresh April sprinkles line. So she has a complete custom line of sprinkles, but we have the blog, we have the sprinkles, we have the gym, and we just filed the paperwork um, to start our nonprofit. So we now also have uh, a nonprofit in the mix. So there are a lot of moving pieces. And again, it comes back to the non-negotiable times, making the decision, sticking to it, having a team in place that you can trust and know that things are going to be able to continue to move forward, even if you're not able to be in the day-to-day things and activities. And and just making sure that um, you take it slowly and and recognize and be in the moments. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big piece of it too, is just taking it slowly and having grace with yourself to move through the journey a little bit more slowly if you need to. Like if you can't do eight to eight, you know, start 10 to eight, you know, and then kind of move back. But having, allowing a little bit of wiggle room so that you can grow, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's also important to mention that I have had an assistant for a long time. I, and that was also oh, at the suggestion. She was, yeah, yeah so hesitant. <laughs> like, so, and hesitant is a very nice way of putting it. Like, I was, there were, but this was back to the time where I would say things like, you should, you should, you should. Mm-hmm. And then and it was always just going on, going on. And I finally, when I switched it to, have you considered? And then, and then I would follow it up with a, what if? So have you considered having a personal trainer? Like, what if you could just hand off some of these t- activities that you're doing right now? You said to, personal trainer. You meant personal assistant. Personal assistant. How yeah. about that? Yeah. <laughs> We're in the gym right now. You're right. Personal assistant. And then you, what if you could hand off some of these activities? What are some of the things that you're currently doing that you could teach someone else how to do and know that it could be done really well? It doesn't have to have your personal touch to it. And then that that kind of rippled out to mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think what I'm the point I'm kind of trying to make here is that um, I, I don't feel like if you're a, if you're a side hustle blogger because I know there are a lot of you out there, don't feel like you have to be making the big bucks to outsource yourself. 
Um, I handed off to my assistant, Lauren, if she's listening, she probably will. She's great. You're she, awesome, Lauren. Lauren, we love you. Love you. She, um, we found her. I had been blogging for only three and a half years and didn't even have blogging as a full-time job on my radar. Um, but she came on and I just outsourced my social media to her. She just did my Instagram and Facebook posts and she still does it to this day. She also now has taken on a few other things, but just handing that off. And our, our first son was one when we hired Lauren. Um, and that took, it took what took her maybe two hours to do a week would have taken me four or five just because of all the things I, all the other things I had to do, like taking care of our son and doing my full-time job and also working out because that's, that's also something that I do, you know, that's my personal time. Um, so if, if there's any space to have someone help you take it, absolutely. If you have, if you have the ability to do it. So in addition to outsourcing, which I think is really solid advice for people listening, what other things have you been able to do within your business, Lynn, within food blogging to kind of help you streamline and maybe balance a little bit more? Oh my gosh, flash photography or artificial light changed my life. Like, and I mean that in a completely honest way, changed my life 1000%. Yeah, and let me, can I jump in? Yes. It would get to the point, Megan, where Lynn would like get so, so mad if the sun came out <laughs> on a day where it wasn't supposed to be like partly cloudy because apparently that was like the best day. There's like partly cloudy days. And I remember there were times where like we would be doing something and then the lighting would be like so nice for photography and then we'd be like, okay, I need to take a picture right now. The lighting is perfect. And she would like set everything up and then like the sun would come back out and she would be like, oh, like, nope, can't do it now. The sun's <laughs> blasting on my spot. Like I just yeah. set all this up. So mm-hmm. she would leave it out and like wait for those specific little pockets of time. And like she would constantly say, I can only take it at this time of the day, like you need to do all these different things so that I can do my, this time, mm-hmm. this, this specific thing in this time frame. Mm-hmm. So that was a problem that, that came up kind of when I actually, when I quit my job, because I was home all day. Um, and I basically had free reign of whenever I could, sh- could shoot, but I also was shooting in natural light. So I kind of had these like two to three hour windows. So I would look at the schedule or look at the weather for the week and say, okay, I'm going to bake on this day so I can shoot on this day. And then, you know, the weather changes and you're like, well, crap, that just totally threw me off. So last summer I, I took, um, a food photographer, I'm sorry, an, an artificial photog- artificial light photography class. And I, I will say that <laughs> I don't take pictures at midnight, but if I needed to, I could. Um, it's just really completely relaxed my schedule. I can I can plan my schedule out 100% on what works for me and it has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on outside my window. Um, I can shoot any time of the day and it will look exactly the same. I can shoot at at two o'clock in the afternoon, or I can shoot at midnight if I really wanted to, and it would look exactly the same. And you just had, um, Whitney Wright on from salt and she, she and I are in a group together. So I talk to her pretty often, but, um, she said some, some of the same things like you, you can just streamline photography so much. If you just take the time to learn artificial, 
Um, not that everybody needs to do that. It's definitely a time and, and financial investment. Um, but that was just something that really streamlined my work and now has completely made my schedule so flexible that I can pretty much do whatever I want whenever I want to. And I don't have to, uh, rely on the sun. (laughs) Oh, I hear you. I do rely on the sun and it gets very frustrating. So the learning curve is definitely worth the investment in your opinion. I think so. And you know what? I knew a lot about photography and food photography before I started. I'm, I am self-taught on that. Um, I have, had always shot in, in manual mode. But I think that the, the learning curve was not that steep, um, especially if you're starting from already knowing a little bit of, about photography. If you're starting from scratch, I don't know, maybe it would be even easier because then you would just you would just know, you know, that's all you would know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was, it was fairly easy for as difficult as I thought it was going to be and how much I resisted it. (laughs) Um, And I've been able to make my photos look, uh, in my opinion, like top notch. Your photos were already amazing. Oh, thank you. And consistent, right? Like it's probably consistent across the board. Oh yes. That's like, Oh, that's the best part. The consistency is is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great for people to hear because we have enough going on in our businesses. There's so many moving parts that the thought of adding something else to learn is like, oh my gosh, really? Like the sun is right there. I can rely on the sun. But so to hear someone like you say, okay, it's definitely worth it. It's freed up so much time and energy and worrying and hassle in my business. I think Mm -hmm. you've just given a lot of people permission to go learn that. Do you have any resources that you recommend for learning? Look up that affiliate link. (laughs) Pull out your link. Yeah. Yeah. I do have an affiliate link for her course, but I also um, will plug her, her YouTube. Joni Simon of the bite shot is amazing. She's the course that I took. It was called artificial Academy, but she also has a ton of videos on her YouTube that are, about she does have some about shooting in, in natural light, but she's she's very focused on artificial light. Um, she's great. She's wonderful. She's a wonderful teacher. She's quirky. She's funny. She has awesome hair, <laughs> and she's just a really good resource, especially if you're looking for something free. Joni is your girl. She's awesome. I've heard so many bloggers rave about Joni, so I love that you mentioned her. And I'm looking at your Instagram feed right now Lynn it's so beautiful your photos are stunning thank you yes I am entranced okay gotta put that down um okay is there anything else that you do within your business Lynn that helps you streamline learning about SEO was also another huge thing I feel like I was throwing spaghetti at the wall for a really long time and I'm talking like the whole first five years of my business um And when I really sat down and learned about SEO, and I think a lot more people are learning about SEO and have a better idea of what exactly that is and how to, how to work with it. um, That has helped me sort of guide my editorial calendar. I kind of just pulled out of thin air before, and it was really difficult. You know, you're, I'm a dessert blogger. Um, There are a bajillion desserts, you know, I'm not this hyper-focused niche. Like I don't make, you know, paleo desserts or or keto friendly meals. Like I have, I literally have the entire dessert world that I can choose from. And, um, which sounds really cool until you have to sit down and like (laughs) choose all that stuff. Um, so learning about SEO really helped me hone in on what, um, 
what I was actually looking for and what my, my people were looking for. Um, so that, that's, that's been huge too. The artificial light plus SEO totally changed my business for sure. SEO is another one of those overwhelming obstacles in our minds that we can kind of build up like, oh, it's too much. It's technical and I don't want to learn about it and I don't want to invest any energy in it. But once you do, it's easy. It flows. Like you can learn it pretty easily. I think most people can. And you start seeing results very quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's worth it to get rid of the sun as an obstacle (laughs) and the lack of sun. And also SEO, I totally agree. Is there anything else within your business that you feel like would help food bloggers to balance and streamline a little bit better? Lynn lays everything out on her calendar, like literally writes down every recipe that she's going to make and she plans it out six months in advance. Like she knows everything she's going to make, what day she's going to make it and just backtracks it. So she thinks, okay, I know I need to make these cookies that need to come out like three weeks prior to uh, Christmas time. So she'll bake all those cookies in the summer, take those pictures in the summer, have the blog post done in the fall. That way they're already scheduled and ready to go out in the sun in, in, in time for the people who are looking in that time, those three weeks prior to Christmas for those cookie recipes. Lynn does that and she does it so well in that time. So she always has this paper calendar with all these yes. little tiny, like she just bought more actually. She ran out of them. <laughs> All these little like colored uh, pegs that go into flags. The flags. The flags. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. You can go in there and write real pages. See, so good about that. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. just normal to me. It's a huge resource that yeah. I think a lot of people overlook that I overlook. Like I'll plan my my months out, but I only plan them out like two months in advance, <laughs> and then like just kind of go by what it what is needed at that time. And I know that I would be able to serve our audience and our and our members so much better if I could think six months, twelve months out. And that's one of my weaknesses. I'm always thinking about like right now and then the month the next month. And that's it. You're thinking way past that. And that's mm-hmm. where your one of your strengths are is that you already have the plan. And I think that you do that so well. And sometimes it's also something that holds you back and that you have this plan set. And if something comes up that throws off your plan, it kind of skews you. And then that's where I come in as a team member. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you've got this. You're mm-hmm. doing just fine. Just change this one to that one. Move the date over here and you're good. And then you say, oh, yeah. you're right. I should do that. It's true. You guys are a well-oiled machine. Look at you guys. <laughs> For a long time. <laughs> but I think that is important. And you know what? I feel like that's something that got easier once I learned artificial light. Because um, I do, I work backwards. I, I start, I, I have had 2021 planned out since February or March, like all of 2021. Um, and I right now am already working on what I want to do in January, February, March of 2022. Um, and so I think that if you're able to, because I definitely could do this much better once I had more time to dedicate to it thinking ahead and really, especially as food bloggers, because, you know, you want to do things seasonally and you want to put them out with enough time for Google to find them. Um, and here's a fun fact. And this is something that I learned with, uh, learning more about SEO. I already have some of my fall and Halloween content backdated and published on my blog. So Google is seeing it already. Google already knows that I am making some Halloween treats and my audience doesn't even know that it's there. And maybe they'll find it if they go digging. Um, and I know Lauren, my assistant has found things every once in a while and she's, and she will be like, wait a second, how did I never see this before? And you know, it's backdated a few months 
And I'm like, oh, don't worry about that right now. Like I just published it so that Google can see it. And then once it's time, then I just bring that date forward and now it's ready to go. And Google has been seeing it for X number of weeks or months. And, um, you know, it's already got a little bit of street cred, as I call it. (laughs) I love that. What a great little tip. Just a little extra tidbit there. Awesome. I would love to hear from each of you individually what you think, what you would say Um, maybe as your best piece of advice for food bloggers listening who might be considering working with a partner alongside a partner like you guys are, or even if they're not, like even if they're just looking for a little bit more support for their businesses and they have a partner like mine who does work outside of the business, but still provides support. So what would your best piece of advice be for any of that? Oh, man. Um, I've got something. Okay, go. So it comes back to the team and operating as a team. So whether you're a team of two, whether you're a team of 10, whether you're a team of 25 or 500, doesn't matter. Knowing the roles and what you play for that organization or for that business or for that side hustle, knowing your roles will dramatically improve your performance and and allow you to grow. So as a food blogger, knowing that I know like as a team, that the food blog is Lynn's, that's Lynn's baby, that's Lynn's um, blog, that is her thing. But I know, so I know that I won't be able to step in to help with the photography. I know that I won't be able to step in to help with the recipe development or the writing of the blog. However, what I can help with is I know that I will be able to do the things like taking videos on her Instagram while she's capturing those moments on her pictures. Those really raw moments where they're usually on her story that you'll see, that's me. That's typically me behind the scenes just pulling out her phone, like, hey, where's your phone? Let me let me get a picture of this or video of this. She's like, oh my gosh, I forgot. So I'll do that. But my role is to support her to, so that she can do what she needs to be doing. So my role is to help clean the dishes, help coordinate the kids, help make sure that the babysitter's on hand, help make sure that the, the area is cleaned off so that my work stuff isn't in the way of her work stuff. <laughs> Just knowing the role and what you play in that company, in that organization, will help make sure that as a whole, we're able to move forward and continue to grow because why would why start a business just to say you did it. You want to start a business so you can succeed, so you can make money, so you can uh, leave, uh, you know, create generational wealth for for the for the kids and, and create a legacy and do all these things that you want to do. Right? Everyone's goals are different, but no matter what it is, there's a purpose behind it. It's not just to say you did it. It's to 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 move beyond that. So having defined roles and knowing where you, where your roles are and knowing what what will make you part of that team and successful is is my number one piece of advice. Great answer. Wow. That was amazing, Matt. Thank you. What about you, Lynn? What is your advice? I can't follow that. (laughs) No, I can't. If you say you can't, you won't. Oh, oh, that's another thing we say. If you say you can't or you can, you're right. Mm, That's so true. Okay. You know what? I will. Okay. I will add. You're right. I can add something. Um, We have started implementing sort of like house meetings between just the two of us and whether it's like 10 minutes or, you know, an hour, whatever we need to talk about, like a team meeting as any, as any team should have, even if it's just the two of you, if it's just, you know, if it's, if it's one person who works on the blog and then, you know, you have your, your dishwasher video behind the scenes, video kid corraler, whatever you have, just kind of set up the expectation for the week or the work day or whatever it is. Um, Especially if you're, you know, like a side hustle blogger, um, communication is 
top notch key and sitting down and having a conversation is way better than trying to, and I say this from experience, trying to have conversations while you're getting things ready for kids. And like, did, did you hear me? Like, did, did you check the calendar? Like, did you, do you know what we're doing today? Um, that kind of thing. Even if it, like I said, even if it's just five or 10 minutes, at the beginning of the day before everyone's busy and doing something, a communicative meeting with goals and just a discussion can go a really long way. Oh, I have one last thing. <laughs> one last thing that has worked. If, Megan, do we have time for this? It's really Absolutely. Go for it. So the other really, I think, big thing that we probably will look really, really simple that anyone can implement. So if you have a spouse or a partner or a significant other, anyone else who can be part of something with what you're doing with your developing your food blog, whether it's a side hustle or a full-time thing, even if your spouse or significant other person is not involved directly, let having them involved in this simple thing is going to make be a game changer. Link your calendars. So <laughs> your so Lynn and I both have our own, like we all have our own phones. You all have your own Google calendars and your own accounts. You can get the Google calendar app. You can attach whatever emails you use on there. And then you can link your calendars so that I know when I have a dentist appointment at two o'clock, which I do, <laughs> that Lynn is not going to plan on doing a photography shoot at that time because I won't be around to help. So she'll be able to see in my calendar that I have that set time blocked out. And the flip side is I know I'm not going to build consultations at an, uh, at uh, 10 a.m. on a Tuesday because that's when Lynn's teaching her her pre and postnatal class. So or I have to make sure I have a babysitter. So having our calendars linked has allowed for us to grow again in a different way that before it was always kind of like, hey, what are you doing at this time on this day? Like, I need to make sure that I'm available at this time at this day. And then we have to stop what we're doing, go in there and coordinate and figure if we can make things work. We have it all there. It's all ready there. And the communication with Lynn with what she just said was also important. It's like, we'll see it in the calendar, but we'll still communicate. Hey, I saw that you have the dentist appointments at two o'clock. Is that still happening or what, what's going on there? Yep, still on, cool, there we go, that's it. Simple, easy peasy, done, because it's already there, it's laid out and we communicated what was going on in that time. Oh, you guys, this is such great advice. Thank you so much. Um, and see, Lynn, you did have amazing advice to contribute, so I nice know, I know, and you know what? So did you hear that though? Because Matt told me I did. Yeah, and you were like, "Wait, I can, I can do this." I know he, he believes in me. He believes in me. I'm telling you, best cheerleader right here. I believe in her more than I believe in myself sometimes. Aww. That is true, and I say that to her all the time. Like, I think you have so much more potential than I even have in myself right now, and I'm always, always trying to push, always trying to push in. The, in the sweetest, humblest little way that I can. There you go. Get yourself a spouse or partner like that. How about you guys are so adorable. <laughs> I just love chatting with you. You guys are the best. Well, thank you. Is there anything you want to impart before we say goodbye? Or do you think we've covered it all? We have covered so much. You've delivered so much value. Um, you know, I do have one last little bit of like my food blogger advice um, from you know, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, if I could talk to myself back then kind of thing. Um, we, I think there needs to be, we've talked about balance several times during this whole, a whole podcast, right? So I think that there needs to be a balance also in content. So I think we, as a food blogger, uh, people, have really gotten focused on SEO and 
give your readers what they want, give, you know, make thing, produce content that people are looking for. But I also think there needs to be a balance of also really not straying too far from what your specific audience wants. So yes, we do want to write for SEO. Yes, we want to make things that people are looking for. But we also sometimes want to have content on our websites that are just because we want to have them there. So for example, I had one of my uh, one of my readers last year uh, used my chocolate cake recipe to make cupcakes. And I, they didn't turn out great. And she came to me and said, oh, I used this cake recipe for cupcakes. Um, but, you know, they didn't turn out great. And I was like, oh, you know what? That's not my favorite recipe to use for chocolate cupcakes. Um, I should really give you my favorite chocolate cupcake recipe. And I was like, but... But SEO is not telling me, my SEO research is not telling me that chocolate cupcakes is something that would work really well for me. But you know what? I figured it out. I made it work. I have a chocolate cupcake recipe on my blog now that is maybe a little bit non-traditional than what, you know, someone would type into Google chocolate cupcake recipe. Um, But it works for me organically. And it also has served a particular person, a, a particular, uh, reader of mine and she's not the only one, you know what I mean? So I think that what I'm trying to say is don't overlook always trying to make Google happy and doing what we are quote unquote told to do and what's going to get our needle moving. Don't be afraid to actually ask your audience questions because, you know, people love, people love to give their opinion. And even just one of those Instagram stories that's like a this or that kind of thing, you know, do you want chocolate cupcakes or would you prefer vanilla cupcakes? That kind of thing. Like let your readers guide your content because they're the ones who are coming to your blog. And you, you may not think that you have loyal readers, but they're out there. They just don't maybe make themselves as known as, you know, other other people might, but they're out there. I've found mine. I have readers who email me all the time. And that really only started when I started asking them to, I have a call to action in all of my emails at the bottom of my, of my emails that is like, you know, reach out to me anytime or, uh, you know, write a review on the blog because it helps other people. So really finding that balance between what Google wants and what the blogging world wants and also not ignoring what your what your audience wants. That is such an important message for food bloggers to hear, I feel like, because we so often get it ingrained in our heads that it's one size fits all, that mm-hmm. this is how it is for everyone, that really you need to do keyword research and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the wrong message because what our audience is wanting may be completely different than what is popping up for keyword research. So thank you so much for sharing that. I love your story about the chocolate cupcakes and how yeah. you just forged and did it anyway and who cares if keyword research is telling you that that's (laughs) not your big thing that you should be focusing on oh well your audience wants it and that's what's important I think it's also it's you need to remember that sometimes people come to you might be the only blog that people visit and if you don't have something that they're looking for they'll go somewhere else and find it so if you can just you know every once in a while, just throw something on your blog. Like the world doesn't need another chocolate chip cookie recipe, but maybe you have readers that really only want yours. You know what I mean? So yeah, be, I've, I've 
have heard the line of like, it should, it, it's a privilege to be on your mailing list. It's a privilege to be, you know, one of your followers and treat it like that. You, you are awesome. Whoever's listening to this, you are awesome. You have great content and your readers like you. So give them what they want. <laughs> I don't know that there's another episode packed with so much gold. You guys are the best. <laughs> This has been so great. Well, thank you for joining me today. I know you guys are both really busy. So we appreciate your time and all of the value you've shared. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Megan. This is awesome. Yeah. So before you go, I don't know if that was your um, words of inspiration, Lynn, but I do like to ask my guests for words of inspiration or a favorite quote before they say goodbye. Do you guys have anything additional or are you... Ouch. Are you like depleted? (laughs) Okay. In more of the inspirational side of things, less about the quote, but really what I, if I can impart anything to your listeners right now and to anyone, I know there's a lot of food bloggers listening and, and I'm not a food blogger, but I am someone who takes pride in thinking outside of the box. And sometimes the easiest way to, to grow is to step outside of the box and climb up a ladder and look from a bird's eye view of at, at your current box and see what is currently happening at that box and how you can break down the walls and build it out stronger, maybe add another level or set a new foundation. And so a lot of what I do and how I've been able to be so successful and in this in the gym and and provide what we provide to our, our members and our clients is is that I look outside of the box. I don't just look at other I don't look at other gyms and say, oh look, that's what they're doing. I look at other places, other spaces. So I look at real estate agents. I look at food bloggers. I look at YouTubers. I look at so many other areas that are not gym or fitness related and see what's working super well for them and then figure out a way to apply it to myself. And I listen to blah or listen to podcasts and listen to audiobooks. And I, I consider myself a forever student because I'm always trying to grow, not just me personally, but grow so that I can continue to grow the people around me and take care of the people around me in ways beyond fitness. So if there's anything we can leave everyone with is no, sure, you've heard the saying of like staying in your lane, but the coolest part about like taking a moment to go to the side of the road and, you know, safely go to the side of the road, hop out on the shoulder and watch out for traffic, but look at the road, look at the, look at the destination, look at the journey, look at your car, look at what you're driving in, take a look and take account for what you're currently doing and see if there's a better way of doing things. See if there's another way and consider all the cars driving past. Maybe you'll see they're driving in different ways, different lanes, whatever it might be. I'm not sure where I'm going with this analogy, but the point I want to make is just Take a moment to step outside of your comfort zone. Take a step, take a moment to step outside of where your current focus is and and learn from others in other fields so that you can apply it to yours and and then be that one who is doing something different, which then can turn out to be something really special. Wow, that was amazing as well. I feel like I need to know you guys in person. Someday (laughs) I will meet you. Well, I'm across the country in Minneapolis, but maybe our paths will cross someday. Thank you guys so much. This has been super awesome. We will put together a show notes page for you guys. If anyone wants to go peek at those, you can find them at eatblogtalk.com forward slash fresh April flowers and flowers is spelled F-L-O-U-R-S. Why don't you guys tell everyone where they can find you online, Instagram, website, anywhere else? Yep. So my website is freshaprilflowers.com. And thank you for spelling that, Megan. I usually just say flower like the ingredient and people go, oh, that's cool. So yes, Fresh April Flowers. I'm also Fresh April Flowers on Instagram and on Facebook. 
Um, on Pinterest, I'm Fersh April Flowers without the E because <laughs> I couldn't have that many characters. Um, and then by the time this is probably uh, out there, by the time this is um, published on your podcast, I will be on Skillshare, actually. So I have, um, we just finished recording two courses. One is on cupcake decorating, the basics of cupcake decorating. And the another one is um, just basic cake decorating, stacking two and three layer cakes. So those will be on Skillshare. You can find me if you're on there. If you're not sure what Skillshare is, check it out because it's awesome. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.